Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 93, Are You a People Pleaser? with Clifton Bright, Jr. Get more in touch with yourself. Whenever you give somebody your yes, the more aware of why they're getting your yes, the more aware of it you are, the better off you'll be. You got to understand why, why I'm saying yes. Am I doing this because I want to or am I doing this because I feel an obligation to? And then if you find yourself doing these things, you know, take a deep dive, figure out where it's coming from. Because if you don't address where it came from or what happened to you, you're not going to be able to address change. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. What's the motivation behind your acts of kindness? Are you an overextended giver trying to survive a guilt-based relationship? In today's episode, we invite back our nurturing therapist with a fatherly approach, Mr. Clifton Bright Jr. Find out how to protect your authenticity and set personal boundaries with friends and family as you return home from college. Recognize the power of your no and avoid hiding behind the mask of people pleasing. Enjoy. Back to me. As summer approaches, many of us will be getting back out and reconnecting face-to-face in our relationships. Some of the relationships have become guilt-based attachments, which have caused a need to people please. Today, we invite back our licensed counselor with a fatherly approach, Mr. Clifton Bright Jr. Welcome back to the podcast, Clifton. How's it going? Oh, thanks for having me back. Things are going well. Things yes. are going well. So now, you know, I saw you, I believe it was IG live and you were talking about people pleasing and it just sparked my interest. I was like, wow, this is such a great topic. This actually came up to me and, you know, caregiving is one thing. And then sometimes it can spill over into people pleasing. And then I started thinking about the young people and their relationships and how they're trying to salvage some of them, whether it's a dating partner or, you know, a click in a friendship, you know, everybody has this people pleasing thing that they're not even aware of you know, are conscious of. So before we get in it, can you just define for us what is people-pleasing for those that are not sure? Sure, sure. And, you know, when you're talking about people-pleasing, it's often that people-pleasing isn't your issue. It's like the symptom of a root. So when you're talking about people-pleasing, you want everybody to be okay. You want to be agreeable with everything. You may differ in opinion with what somebody's saying or what they believe, but you'll still be like, oh, yeah, I'm with you. And Nobody ever hears your no because you just want everybody to be happy. You want to please everyone in spite of yourself. Uh, How you feel doesn't even matter. What you think doesn't matter. Anything that's going to bring conflict, you're going to avoid because you just want everybody connected with you to be happy. Mm, Never disagreeable. (laughs) Oh, never disagreeable. And like I said, it it has roots to it. Somebody might see it and you'll hear Oh, they're such a nice guy. You know what? They're a great guy. They always show up. And then inside, the people pleaser is like frustrated and resentful because they're like, I do all this stuff and nobody appreciates me. You know what I mean? I'm always showing up and nobody appreciates me. And then instead of, you know, you have kind acts because, of course, we want to do great things for people. We want to show up for people. There's nothing negative about that. But it's what the motivation is. That's when it becomes an issue. So the people pleaser sits there and says, you know, dang, I got to go do this again. 
I got this burden again. I got to show up again. They don't want to show up. They're tired of showing up. They're tired of saying yes, but they feel like burdened to do it. They have to do it because everybody's just got to be okay. And with social media as a whole, you want to show up a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, what they call it, clout chase and to fit in and to boost up your followers and to get all these likes. You know, you do whatever. It's like you lose a part of who you are. Right. You know, because you want everybody happy. Mm -hmm. The IG that I put up, it was a real, I put up, uh, if you think it's your job to please everyone, you need to get in the unemployment line. Wow. That's what I had said, because it's an impossible job. There will never be a time that you do something that every single person is pleased with it. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But for the people pleaser, they're trying so hard to make it that way. Wow. Where does that come from? I mean, is that like some sort of internal trauma of sorts? I mean, where does this come from? (laughs) It, it, it can be a trauma response, like people that have been mistreated. Like, say you've been in a, like I've worked with women and men that have been in abusive relationships. And oftentimes they try to do everything they can to make sure the person that's abusing them treats them well. So they're like, I did this. I cooked his favorite meal. I took her to her favorite place. I made sure there weren't any dirty dishes in the sink. I picked up all the kids stuff. I just, I just know it's going to be okay. And that person still abuses them in some way. So they find themselves in this place where if I just be agreeable, if I always give you my yes, if I'm always trying to make you feel good, it's going to protect me. And maybe you'll start treating me better. So oftentimes it can be a trauma response, almost like a fawning response. So when you talk about a trauma response, you're talking about that part of your brain that attempts to protect you from danger or perceived danger. So you're talking about the fight the flight, the freeze response, but there's also the fawn response. The fawn response is when you go along with something to make it through the situation. Uh So you're like, oh yeah, I'm okay with this. Oh no, it's, it's, it's not bothering me any. I'm going to be fine. You know? So it becomes that sort of thing. Or like I said, it could be where you're doing these things because you want love. Yeah. You want acceptance. You know, you want people who love you. You want them to care for you. You don't want to be rejected. So you always show up and make sure everybody's okay. Wow. So it really comes down to rejection. Mm -hmm. Comes down to rejection, comes down to Mm self-worth. You know, I need to get this love. And if I make everybody happy, they'll accept me. Or if I make everybody happy, everybody will be okay. Uh, Like, for instance, I used to have an issue with it. And when I was growing up, when I was younger, I grew up in a home with a lot of chaos and conflict. So I figured if everybody's good, I'm good. Yeah. So it didn't matter if I didn't agree with something or I didn't like something. I'd be like, oh, nah, it's cool. You know, I just want everybody to be okay. What can I do to make you happy? And in reality, can I really make somebody else happy? That's the struggle. You know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about how deep rooted this all is, because if we think about our communities and our families and where we come from, you know, particularly in the black community, I'm sure in other communities. But, you know, there's already raised up with a sense of obligation to family members. And you also want to be a person that pays it forward and gives to community. 
So you got to walk that fine line. You know what I mean? You got to figure out that balance in that. You do. And like you said, for a lot of us, it can be cultural. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to make sure everybody's okay. So when you talk about clinical work, you're talking about oftentimes people don't want to tell their family secrets. Yeah. So it's like you're raised up to, yeah, I'm supposed to take care of everybody. Yeah, I'm supposed to show up for everybody. Yeah, I have to break all these cycles. So sometimes it doesn't even matter what I think. And you can become so enmeshed, like there's this thing, enmeshment, where there is no individuality in your family. It is, we're all one big collective. Mm. It's like a group think. We pull our money, we pull our resources, we pull how we respond to things. And once again, that can be a survival or a trauma response, mm. you know, because so people get caught up in them cycles. You know what I mean? Oh, cycles. Yes. And family curses and all that generational stuff. But I was thinking when I when I mentioned earlier about community, you know, because like you and I, we're of service. You know, we pay it forward to the community. We do this out of a passion. And like you said, in our circles of relationships, people know who to go to. Exactly. And so even with us, we have to deal with a certain amount of guilt (laughs) attached to telling people no. Would you say that's true for you? Oh, definitely. Even today? Oh, definitely. Even today, it's a struggle sometimes because you want to serve and you love people. For instance, I go to the gym six times a week, right? Mm -hmm. Good for you. Six six times? Six times a week. I go six days a week. I go at 4.30 in the morning because I have to. That's the only way I can fit it in. I go at 4.30 in the morning. And there's so many times I go to the gym, I end up talking to people. Because as soon as somebody finds out you're a clinician. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Free free therapy, y'all. Right. Got to get some free tips. Right. (laughs) Go talk to my man. My man, he got got the answers for you. Yeah. You know, that's what he does. Yes. So you have to put in that B word, that boundaries word. Yes. And it's hard for a people pleaser to have boundaries because I have to make sure everybody's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to pretend to agree with everything. Mm. I have to avoid conflict. And one of the biggest things in setting boundaries is nobody ever asks you to set your boundaries. Mm. They're personal. That's right. So like when I talk to clients about setting boundaries and even with myself, number one, your boundaries are just for you. You have to set them with you in mind, what you want how far you want things to go in certain areas. You set them totally for you. Number two, you never set them to control or manipulate anybody. You know, some people set boundaries to try to, I'm going to make somebody do what I want them to do. That's not what boundaries are for. Right. Boundaries are to protect your energy, to love on yourself. Yeah. And to help people draw the line. But also, a lot of times they can help you achieve goals. They can help you avoid burnout. You know, they can help you from being overwhelmed. It can help you not people please because you know you'll say yes to everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to set those boundaries. Like I heard this saying one time, they said, givers should have boundaries because takers have none. Wow. Uh, Say that again. Givers, what? Givers must have boundaries and strong boundaries because takers have none. Takers have none. Yep. You know, what usually happens is, Mm -hmm. you know, people that take. Nine times out of 10, you don't have a, somebody that you would consider a taker saying, you know what? I'm going to go over there and get what I want from them. Right. <laughs> they just have a need. Right. You know I mean? They just have That's a need. Yeah. They have a need. Mm-hmm. You always show up and you always meet that need. So think about, you know, I know you work with college students a lot. 
Yeah. So think about they're getting ready to go back into environments which may not have strong boundaries. You know, when they're away at school, they kind of craft and create their own world. Yeah. But a lot of times when you get back with your family and friends, you kind of slide back into whatever role you had before you left. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you almost feel like I have to be me. Like there may be this college cliff and this home cliff, Mm -hmm. you know, so you slide back into these roles. You slide back into showing up a certain way. And a lot of times you let's say you're that person in the family that holds the family together. Make sure everybody's okay. That people pleases. You may avoid that in college, but then when you go home, you slide right back into that role or you feel conflicted because you're like, I don't want to be that person anymore. Right. But how do I tell these people who I love that I want to say no? How do I do that? What if they don't love me anymore? What if they think I'm selfish? You know, what if they say, I told you don't let them go to that college in California because they, <laughs> they got around those people and now they funny. Right. Now they funny style. Now they funny. Now they switched up. Yes. I thought you was my man, 100 grand. Thought you was my ace. Thought you was my girl. Now you just switched up on me. Get a little education. Now you think you better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to love on me. Maybe I have realized that I just put myself out in these places and I'm not authentic. See, people pleasing will never let you be authentic. That's powerful. You will not, you're not authentic. Yeah, it'll never let you live an authentic life. Because anytime the people pleasing runs against authenticity, you're going to choose, I'm just going to say yes. I'm just going to become this person that I really don't want to be anymore. But I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how I show up for everybody. Ooh, this is so good. Because when you were talking about boundaries, I was thinking about ways to protect our self-worth. And that's definitely one of them. So would you say that the conversation, like you just need to be verbal and just simply say, you know, I'm just protecting myself today. Don't take it personal, but I cannot do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just need to have a conversation like that. You do. You need to have a conversation. First thing I would do is tell a person to write them down first. Mm. Write down what boundary you want to set, what area you want to address. Work it out within yourself. Because when you present it to people, you may or may not get a favorable response. Right. Even from people that are close to you, because they're used to getting what they get, you know? So it's not that they're nasty or anything, for the most part. It's just you're asking them to shift. And most people don't hold on to their boundaries because of that pressure. Mm. Oh, no. See, they're frowning. They say, oh, I thought you were. I just knew I could count on you. And now. Who else am I going to call? Exactly. And, you know, I don't go to parties without you. Right. I know you're tired and everything, but. Come on, gut it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, come on. You just came home from school. Come on, let's go on this trip. Come on, let's get back into this. You know. Yeah, it's very much, especially for students, they have to they have to shift because, you know, a college boy, I ain't gonna lie. I love that college lifestyle. Right. Absolutely. Man, I'm all telling that freedom, you, all that freedom. Don't have to answer to nobody. You really could be like if you didn't need people to affirm you. Yeah. At a great number, because let's be real. Everybody likes being affirmed. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs validation, whether it comes inwardly or, you know, from outside sources. 
But if you're somebody that doesn't need that constant validation and affirmation from the outside, man, in college, you're chilling. Right. Like, look, set my schedule this way. I'll lay in this bed. I'll do this. I'll go at this time. But then when you go home, you may have these expectations in all these relationships that you have to slide back into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that could be tricky. So you said write down statements, which, you, you know, so you can sort of, in other words, practice this conversation yeah. that you're going to have to have. Yeah, you write down because you want to be solid in your boundary. Yeah. When you're expressing a boundary to somebody that, look, I will no longer be doing this. Like, for instance, I used to, you know, pre-pandemic at, at the ministry I'm a part of, I'm an assistant lead usher. So we would always, we used to have services on Saturdays and Sundays. So it was always hard to get people to serve on Sundays because, you know, we came on Saturday night, like, oh, snap, mm-hmm. I chill on Sunday, mm-hmm. say less. So I used to schedule myself every Sunday. Didn't matter if I felt like it or not. I would just schedule myself every Sunday and come in there. <sighs> but I'm duty bound. So, you know, we go into the pandemic and of course, you know, Everything was closed for (laughs) over a year. Things started opening back up. I set that boundary that I wouldn't serve every week. Mm -hmm. Now, part of the struggle was I felt bad because I'm like, but I show up all the time here. Who else is going to do it? But I I had to be solid and firm in that with myself first. That way, if somebody said, oh, well, what are we going to do? Which nobody did. And most of the time. You know, we think everybody's going to have this crazy response to our boundaries. Some people may, but in the most part, that's just us being anxious about how people are going to respond to us, you know, setting these new boundaries and setting these new guidelines and what's fair play and what's not. So now you keep mentioning family and I'm just thinking like you, you're, it was a great point about how, you know, we have all this freedom and then you come home and then you got to kind of shift. So how can you have a conversation with a parent? Like, what does that sound like? <laughs> Depends on what type of relationship you had with your parent beforehand, you know? Uh-huh. But a part of it is, you know, when you go to college, you do start to grow. So it takes a tremendous amount of courage. It may be scary. And, you know, you kind of have to navigate it. Because when you're talking about standing firm, you're like, shoot, but I stay with them. Right. They pay the bills, the tuition. Yeah, and everything. I don't know how firm I want to. Right. I don't know how firm I want to stand in this thing. You know? But there's a way to do it to be respectful. There is. But this is the other thing. People pleasers, our decisions and our behaviors do influence people. Mm-hmm. They make people respond a certain way. Like you said, when you speak to somebody in a respectful manner, mm-hmm. you typically expect them to give you a more favorable response. But we also need to understand, I truly don't control anybody's responses. You know, so... You don't control your parents' responses. What you want to do is be true to yourself. And, you know, explain, this is why I'm doing this. This is where I feel like I'm overextending myself. Or this is where I'm at now in life. You know, just explain to them your heart. They may or may not receive that. That's the risk you take. But if your self-worth is tied to their acceptance, it's tied to what they think, You're going to have a hard time setting those boundaries. You're going to have a hard time, you know, not people pleasing. So one of the things, you know, maybe find something that you really stand strong on and you have a firm belief in. Maybe you stand on that. 
sometimes you can find something very small to say no to. Like, we're, we're going to go get some ice cream. And normally, you'd be like, yes, yes, yes. Even if you don't feel like it. Just like, nah, I think I'm going to stay home today. You know, you start small. You start small and you start to build up that courage and that mental strength. Everybody's not going to agree with everything. And just because I say no doesn't mean you're not going to love me anymore. Right. The love doesn't stop. No. But so many of us have been wired for that. We're wired for that. We get celebrated. Or like I said, everybody tells you how wonderful you are because you do all these things. And you start to learn that that's the way I get this love. It's the way I get this affection. This is the way I get that appreciation. This is the role I have within this system. Mm-hmm. And I'm the go-to person. I'm the guy that makes everybody happy. It can be scary to say, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I was going to say, like you said earlier, protect your authenticity. If they can just keep that in mind, that's powerful. I'm protecting my authenticity because in college, all you're trying to do is figure out who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Trying to figure out who Yes, you sent me away to school to find myself. So I have, I'm discovering it and I feel this need. Yep. But you run into, but I, I ain't want you to go all out like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the, that's when the mental strength pops in, yeah. comes in. Yeah. I don't know if this aligns with what we believe, what our values are. Right. How we see things. Right. It's a balancing act. Oh, no. This is what we do. Every week. What do you mean? Yeah. You're going to go over here. or I'm going to hang out there. or I'm going to go do this. Mm. You know, we'll mm. do that. Yeah. All right. So for that listener who's, who's like you said, get ready to go back home or <laughs> about to transition and shift. Start writing down some things that you already know are going to be issues and start practicing on paper how you're going to explain and protect your authenticity, how you how that's going to come across. Because at, at the end of the day, you're trying to love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you may not get that favorable response. Yeah. You might get the, I don't like that. I understand. Right. Right. I, I get it. I understand. But I have to do this for me. You know? This is good. This is good. I have to do this for me. And I also have to learn, like I said, if you don't know how to love yourself, it's easy to be caught up in people pleasing. Right. Because it's always about, this is going to get me loved. Yeah. You know, how many people are in relationships, like romantic relationships, where they don't like any of those aspects, but they always get the yes because their relationship might not have much of anything to do with love, may not have much of anything to do with, we have this solid and real connection. It may have everything to do with, if I'm in a relationship, that means I'm chosen. Mm. Because somebody's with me, that means I'm worth something, right? Mm. So, of course, you're going to get my yes all the time. I can't give you my no. I can't go against what you want, what you feel, and what you believe. Because you may say, I don't want to be with you anymore. And then who am I without you? So that's why I said the people pleasing is often a symptom Mm -hmm. to the root issue. They're like, oh, yeah, just stop people pleasing. No, you need to figure out what's driving that people pleasing. Right. What you're getting out of it, you know, where this stems from. Like I said, you may, you may have been mistreated. Yeah. You know, so everybody gets your yes. Because I don't, I don't want to get mistreated anymore. 
And especially in a day and age where we're dealing with, you know, suicide is on the rise. I was just talking to a counselor last week about it. And wow, self-worth is at the heart of this thing. And friends, family, dating parties, they probably don't even realize they're contributing to the breakdown, the mental breakdown of an individual. Yeah. And it, they're getting younger and younger. Yes. They are getting younger and younger. When you are, I've seen some single digits that have died by suicide, some preteens recently in my area of preteen died by suicide. And you're like, how can you at that age get to this place where you're so overwhelmed with pain or you feel like things are never going to change and you're never going to get over this hump and you're never going to get through that you believe your only option is to not be here anymore. It's heartbreaking. And there's so many things they're overwhelmed by, you know, the Texas shooting, mm-hmm. the Buffalo shooting, right. the gas prices, the inflation, the cost of everything, the desire to want to be liked, trying to find your identity, hearing all these different voices coming out of a pandemic in the isolation. And it's just, it can be so overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm. so they have, they have so much pressure on them. Us adults have a bunch of pressure on us. Absolutely. I was just going to say, hopefully, if we got parents listening as well, that they're listening to what you're saying, you know, that they contribute indirectly and don't even know it. I know we have a different type of kid. You know, back in our generation, you get up, you wash the dishes. We're not going to have a discussion. But, you know, we're dealing with a whole different type of kid. (laughs) (laughs) Today, you get why? 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 Why I got to do dishes? Right. It's a whole situation. And then, hey, look, can you try not to raise your voice at me so much? Right. Because that really puts me in a certain place. They want to communicate more. So we have to count to 10 and and go through that process. Right. But it's going to save a life. So. Exactly. We got to adjust. Yes. And so many people. People pleasing also gives you a great mask to wear. And nobody may never know what's really going on with you. Mm-hmm. I always think about, unfortunately, the young lady, the former Miss USA oh, in New yeah. York who a few months back right. died by suicide. Mm-hmm. And just everything about her presentation. Yeah. Everybody that talked about her. Oh, she was so agreeable. Oh, she's so loving. Oh, she looks so happy. Right. Nobody knew, you know, what she was dealing with. Right. So it, it's just... We live in a time where I don't think you can take for granted where anybody is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mentally. I think you need to check in on everybody. People that we perceive to be super strong, we really need to check in on them mm-hmm. because they're going to keep just doing things just because. Right. Massive. They got to continue to, they have to continue to display this source of strength. Mm. And I, look, I thank God for other clinicians because we all been talking to each other. I got a network mm-hmm. and we're like, hey man, this is rough. Yeah. Man, I'm going through. Man, I'm exhausted. Man, I'm taking a deep breath. Man, I'm going to take some days off. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, everybody feels it. Right. It's pulling on all of us. Well, this has been so powerful, man. Gave us a lot to think about. Authenticity, self-worth, my goodness. All these good things. And I always wrap up with encouraging words, but I just feel like you have been doing it. (laughs) You know, you have been giving it to us. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I don't know, just to close this out, is there anything extra that comes to mind for that young person that's just really seeking to reconnect with family 
in a manner that serves them both? Oh, definitely. Number one is no is a complete sentence. Yes. You don't necessarily have to give somebody an explanation for your no. No is a complete sentence. If you don't want to, face the discomfort of saying, I don't want to. Because here's the thing, and you're talking about serving both parties. How many of us give people our yes? But deep inside, that person knows you want to give them a no. How you show up is a no. Yeah, I'm going, oh, yeah, I'm having a great time. You're not present. You know what I mean? You feel overwhelmed. You're angry that you went along with this stuff. So it benefits both parties for you to show up in authenticity. And anytime you're people-pleasing, remember, there's a difference between doing things for people that are nice, maybe being a blessing, and people-pleasing. See, the people-pleasing is all tied to the response. See, if I'm just doing something from you from a place of authenticity, how you respond, I can take it either way. Like, for instance, holding the door open. There are sometimes I hold the door open, people walk right past me, whatever. The other times people say, thank you. Now, if I'm holding that door open to look like this great, nice guy and to make everybody happy, as soon as I get a non-response, I'm ready to cuss everybody out. Right, right. But if I'm doing this thing because this is just me, then it doesn't matter how you respond. And then I'm okay letting the door close too. If it's 50 of y'all, I can let 10 in. And then I can let somebody else hold the door. A people pleaser can't do that. They got to hold it for all 50. So the thing is, get more in touch with yourself. So good. Whenever you give somebody your yes, the more aware of why they're getting your yes, the more aware of it you are, the better off you'll be. Yes. You got to understand why, why I'm saying yes. Am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing this because I feel an obligation to And then if you find yourself doing these things, take a deep dive, figure out where it's coming from. Because if you don't address where it came from or what happened to you, you're not going to be able to address change. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Woo! Well, thank you. My goodness. (laughs) So good to have you. When you were here with us last for the Father's Day, that was such a beautiful interview. And here you are giving it to us again. I appreciate you. Please tell them where they can reach you online. They want to reach out to you. Sure, sure. You can find me on Instagram at Clifton, C-L-I-F-T-O-N, underscore Bright, B-R-I-G-H-T, underscore L-C-P-C. You can find me on Facebook under Clifton Bright Jr. Or you can find my practice, Bright House Counseling and Coaching, LLC, under Facebook, finishing up my website. They can reach me by email, too, if you're in the Maryland area and you're maybe looking for services. Or if you're in different areas, I got a lot of connections in different states with Black clinicians as well. If you're inquiring or you got any questions, you can reach me at cliftonbrightjr at Mm gmail.com. Excellent. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. So glad we came together. Man. Definitely. Definitely. It's always a pleasure being on here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for giving us some of your time. Definitely. All right. You take care. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Use this summer to reflect on and get to know the person you want the world to see. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming live events, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time. 
be well.